0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to 321 No Kid In. I am Bobby the Awesome, and today I am joined by Lena Cibula. Welcome to the show, Lena. Thank you so much for having me.
1: It's really exciting to be here.
0: I am fascinated to learn more about your story um, and why you're here. So if you'd like to, before you you dive into uh, the meat and the potatoes here, if you want to just give yourself a little introduction of, of maybe who you are, where you're from, why are you here with me today? Yes,
1: absolutely. First of all, I would never have imagined that after 20 years of silence, I would be uh, standing on stage in front of hundreds of people and that my story going to be Um, broadcasted all over social media because in the past I was afraid of um, judgment and rejection because I thought my story was of guilt shame and condemnation but now I know that it's God's story of salvation of overcoming adversity of thriving after trauma so I'm really grateful to uh, um, speaking out so my name is Lina Cibula and I was born and raised in ukraine and my parents really struggle in their marriage you know they become an alcoholics and last uh they well-paid jobs you know so it was really hard and um our home was um invested with cockroaches mice and the um black mold you know and actually government turned off electricity And a hot water for outstanding bills. And we struggle in poverty trying to survive. So that's where my story begins. And uh, um, yeah, and I would would like to share that because I would like to um, inspire and give hope to people that it's possible to have love, joy and peace and wholeness again after everything you went through. So that's
0: beautiful. And, you know, I don't think, we can have too many stories of overcoming adversity and and you said a couple words that are really like triggering to me the guilt shame condemnation um so those are definitely pain points for those involved with addiction and recovery so um thank you for starting us off that way and if you want to take us through i will politely jump in um if anything pops up or i need clarification Um, But otherwise, why don't you take us through your journey, please? Absolutely. So um, like I say, we uh,
1: struggle in poverty, trying to survive. And I was um, raised in a home full of strangers who brought booze and drugs with parents who did nothing to protect me. So I've become an easy target for those guys. I was drugged and raped in the basement of my own apartment numerous times, so when I thought things couldn't get any worse, one month before my fifteenth birthday, I woke up with severe abdominal pain, scared and confused, only to realize that I was in labor. You uh, were pregnant at fifteen years old I didn't know I was pregnant.
0: And I didn't know who her father was. From all this rape and abuse that you said was happening in your own home, yes. So your parents knew.
1: The parents knew. A police knew. Uh, neighbors knew.
0: Everybody knew. Is this? I don't. I don't even know if this is the right word. Is this normal? Cultural, like in Ukraine, or like if you say the police are involved in the government, like is this normal?
1: It's a really good question. What happened is you have to look what was going on in the country while this is what's happening. It is not normal, but it was really happening when Ukraine was separating with with um, Russia falling out of USSR. So we were creating like new government, new rules, new new laws for our own country. And while the country was in chaos people were in chaos as well because of inflation there was no money drug abuse sexual abuse law abuse like everything fell apart you know it's yeah definitely before that although we have different um opinion about the communism and all that stuff at least like it was some form of order so I was 11 years old when my country start started falling apart. And now I'm talking about this stuff three years past that. So it was mayhem. So it was not normal in general, but it was normal for that time that I've
0: been there. Okay. Thank you for that clarification. And I am not a good one at history or politics. So I believe for me... It's important to get the information from the source. So I'd much rather hear it about it from you than read it in the newspaper or see it on TV anyway to understand the truth, you know? Absolutely, so- and this is actually very good because sometimes people
1: think like, oh, so your country, it's always like that, no matter it's Russia or Ukraine, especially with this that and with this war and with this like evil that's going on, you know? So you think it all the time, but it's actually in periods of time, we have periods of peace, we have periods of order, and then it's mess, you know, so I'm glad that you asked, because prior to that, actually, um, I don't know, if you ever, like, get to the part of my story from six years old, there's actually was the moment that it was absolutely amazing when I was really, really young, not only in my family, but in my country as well. Although you think maybe how much six-year-old, know, but you know what? When you have peace, when you have order, when everything is fine, even like from the kid point of view, kids knows.
0: Do You, you can expand on that now if you want. And then I know where we are in the story with the pregnancy. Um, so if you want to expand on that, if that makes sense, I'm okay with that. Yes, absolutely. Well, um,
1: my parents... Um, had like three children, you know, and everybody. So that's the part of communism that I, I usually argue with my husband because he said, well, you don't have a freedom. Everybody have to be like incubator, do the same thing, do all this stuff. The difference was before all this discord start with this separation from the like USSR, um, we have those days where we are cleaning the city. Literally like all schools all works we go it's it's called subotnik so on saturday like we go and actually clean up our streets were clean everything was manicured i loved my city because people took care of it and that was the part of like serving the community another part of serving the community was like you cannot really like be an alcoholic in a family. And trust me, like people drunk and use drugs before me being born, it's not the fact. But if the person would be like the alcoholic and and beating his wife or something like that, neighbor gonna go to that family and gonna interfere and involve the uh, like police and involve the stuff. So I actually like, experience that part. And when I grow up, like, and I was, like, totally left to my own devices, like, literally, I've been beaten so much. I end up in the hospital so much. The cops, came, like, came and think, like, oh, this 13-year-old, like, super drunk, like, with concussion, broken bones, like, why wouldn't you investigate what's going on? Do you understand this? I had a baby at, like, 14 years old, and literally, they didn't even look like how, like, where's the social services? Maybe you need counseling, when maybe you need support. Oh, your parents are alcoholics. Maybe like you need community to build you back up. Although, like, communism is bad, they did not allow that to happen. There was like maybe more rules and regulation that I couldn't understand while I was young. But it was order, everybody went to school, everybody have jobs, everybody got paid, you know, and I don't know, maybe, like, other people have different experience being in communism, but I literally had an amazing, like, time growing up, you know, and then, uh, like, my my family still, like, they struggle, you know, like, with their marriages, but because of the rules they actually didn't quit on their marriage and just, like, throw the towel. And I think that's what another part right now, like, not only in my country or anywhere else or in the world in general, like, like divorce, you just can't, you know, have a baby divorce, have three babies divorce, like, you know, don't help with the kids or anything. It just, like, I think, like, it's not okay. I think people need boundaries, you know? <laughs> not, like, communism is a little bit extreme, you know? But but we do need, like, I don't know, rules and stuff. Like, But now that's why um, I choosing for me, fate. Fate is that boundary for me right now that I experience the same peace where I had in same community as well. So yeah, that's in that shell.
0: That is so interesting to me, right? Like I would only know if I went back in my memory, what I learned from the textbooks in school about communism and socialism and all those things. But I heard you say that there was like structure and order and routine and pride, pride in the city. And, um, it's, it's funny because this is exactly why it's more important to talk to you than to hear somebody else's opinion that hasn't lived it. There's some pros and cons like to anything. So I appreciate you sharing that with me. Um, are you saying that um, every family had to have three kids? Is that what you meant by that? Like, every- no, I,
1: I'm saying just in general, like, okay. but listen, this is like, for example, my sister is still back there she uh, got married first time. She had a baby. She divorced. Like that time she got married, then she got with another uh, man afterwards. Already not getting married. Another two kids. He left. Then another came. So mm-hmm. she have like five kids and three fathers. And she is not a unique situation because that is a norm. And even like when I met my husband. I started living with him without marriage too. And his family, like, were shocked because in day, like, that's not how they do things. They, They date, they married. But for me, I'm like, what? If you pay taxes together, if you're like in the same house, you're married, you know? And that was okay back home when I left. You know what I mean? But when you are not married, that means like, the door is open. Wow. You know what I mean? And that's what significance of the marriage. Sometimes like people say, oh, it's just a paper. Oh, it's just stuff. But one time I said to him, oh, why you always call me by name? I'm your wife. And he's like, well, you're not my wife. We are not married. And it's actually hurt me so much because we've been living together already for four years and we actually had a baby. So mm-hmm. I'm like, wow, like I'm doing all these wife duties and I'm not wife. I'm like, what's going on? And then I realize, you know, that's how the men who I'm I'm not saying, okay, guys, like if you like a man <laughs> and you're thinking like you live in this union, I'm like, no judge you and not saying to you like, oh, that's what you decide to leave. But that's what my husband told me. And that's what I realized happened to all of my friends back home you are not my wife, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's, it's heartbreaking because all my sister wanted it's to be a wife and a mother, you know, so.
0: I'm going to apologize for bouncing, but I want to also understand this point really clearly. You talked about there was no counseling, no resources, you were getting beaten, the authorities can see it. So when you're in this is what my brain just did. So you tell me if I'm wrong or not. So in communism, my question would be: Is there resources like that? There is, okay. Because my follow up question would be: If if there's that much structure, was there less incidences of of rape of of beating of all of that stuff? So like communism kind of helped protect you versus this chaos. It, is that right?
1: Absolutely. Yes. And that's what was like really bizarre. Now I'm looking back, it was like such a huge distraction. Like, you know, all, um, I'm, I'm saying almost something, but I'm not going to go. So I don't want to get misinterpreted what, what I'm thinking. But the fact is, maybe like it's easier to understand on my parents' marriage. So until there were rules and regulation, they stayed together to uh, to work on the families, to work with the, um, each other and all this stuff. And then one day when everything fell apart, like they divorce and they literally like it's, it's not only fall apart, it's disintegrate, like the marriage, mm-hmm. the life just disappears. So I feel like that was with my city in the country too. You know what? It's like it was so fast that I was, like, shocked, and I was young, too, and um, I, I'm i actually very uh, surprised that half of the population didn't just kill themselves, because, like, all the money disappeared, all the structure disappeared, like, everything, it was so bizarre and extreme, and that's what was happening, although I'm not saying, like, oh, with the communism, like, nobody doing dr- did drugs or, like, rape anyone, it's all still was there, but it was so like extreme cases, and it so was like not visible and If something happening, like people would stand up and like get get help to those people, the alcoholics get to jail, you know if you quit your job because you're like just doing drugs and booze, you're removed from the society and you're gonna be rehabilitated like. And you know what? I've been an alcoholic, drug addict. There is like I cannot help myself, you know, because I'm so like deep into addiction. And addiction comes from trauma. Nobody just doing drugs and doing booze and destroy the families because like one day they wake up and say like, you know what? I'm gonna <laughs> break havoc and my family destroy my life. No. It's like, it's gradual. And some of the trauma is so visible, like with me being raped, beaten, but some of them like so invisible too. Like my baby passed away three months later because she has health complications because I was like 15 year old starving kid of 14 months and I have to bury her. Like, you know, like I carry that casket in in the cemetery in my arms and for next 20 years I carried that in my mind. You know, so those scars, like you cannot see, you need, you need counseling, you need therapy, you need like whole army of professionals to actually, and the community to support when you, you back you up. But when everything fall, fall apart, everybody become by themselves for themselves. That's the difference.
0: So you were going to try to keep the baby and take care of the baby as a 15-year-old as a with no resources? Well, there is even worse than that.
1: I couldn't keep the baby because I would like to. But first of all, my mother said no. And the second, while um, she had a health complication that she would not survive at home. But the worst part, before I left her in the hospital, I have to actually sign my parental rights so that's another trauma that haunted me for so many years because I felt abandoned by my family and I abandoned my child too so um yes yeah, so that was really really hard struggle so that's why I, I not only turned to uh like uh, drugs and alcohol like I actually was looking for something really turn off my brain and um I found heroin and then I was high for probably next three years. I don't remember anything, but this is only one thing that could ease my pain because all I have to think where to get money, how to get high, be high, wake up. And honestly, in those moments, I didn't think I wanted to die, but I had moments. If I don't buy up from drugs, it's going to be okay too.
0: Mm. Oh my oh. god. How oh. so what happened from there? So you're in the throes of drugs. You're still in the Ukraine. Yes. Um you know this is so Now I understand. The podcast is listened to in 105 countries, right? And I almost feel like I've been shortchanging them because they don't In my mind, I didn't realize so much of what happens here happens in other places, right? Like, I just wasn't imagining it. You're like opening a lens on me. So uh, thank you for that. So I'll try to not interrupt again for a little bit here. And if you don't mind, continue with your story, Lena. Yes,
1: absolutely. So the years went by and I saw people dying around me or who went to jail and this desperate and in despair i knew that i need some kind of change but there's no hopes and dreams for people like me especially in that time i was a street junkie and then through mutual friends i met this um like very rich beautiful lady who brought me into her home and she offered me fancy coffee and sweets and i was so impressed and she told me that she would be able to find me a job, not specific, just a job. So without much thought, I agreed to everything that she asked me to because I was eager to escape. So her team went to work and um, still on heavy drugs. I vaguely remember and the report and how I got through customs, I'll never know. Just one morning, I woke up hearing um, Muslim call to prayer. Allahu Akbar, ran out. So I was so confused and terrified because I was in a foreign country. So that nice, rich-looking lady sold me into human trafficking.
0: Wow. So, so you get into the United States. You get through customs. You don't know how you got here.
1: Not in the U- United States. Oh, you were I United. actually end up in Cairo,
0: Egypt. Oh my goodness! Yes, I must watch too much TV with the Law and Order, so I think <laughs> everything is just the way it is on Law and Order. Shame on me. Um, no, that's not a good statement either. Okay, so you're in Egypt. Is yes. there supervision, or do you, like, do you have a handler? Like, I don't. Yes. Know. Absolutely I know so like
1: i have I have like it was five girls actually from Ukraine, and uh we have like two people who were acting as our guides, and we have a specific story that they told us to say so um afterwards they actually forced us to crawl under the barbed wire, we crossed the Israel border illegally, and I was um sold into brothel.
0: In Israel.
1: Yes. So I end up, I've been in Israel
0: for almost for two years. So are you able to still use, like are they keeping you under influence with, with drugs and alcohol or are you just being used for prostitution? Um, What does that look like? Well, this is very important Um
1: what brothel you end up in, because most of the girls who came with me died or went missing. So although it was a horrible situation, it was an upgrade for me because I was clean uh, and by default I got off from heroin. And uh, um, and honestly, like people don't quit heroin not because they don't want it, because like you can actually die in the process. I do believe because I was like so fascinated by these surroundings and what's going on, and that it's actually my brain just make me recover. It was like very interesting. <laughs> but, um, on another thing too, because I'm a woman of faith now, I do believe me quitting drugs is just like miraculous intervention because, like, the amount of the drugs. And the quality of the drugs I use, like I would, I should be a million times dead. So it's not short of the miracle. And another thing, because of this uh, family business I've been bought to, uh, nobody could beat me uh, to death or rape me. They actually, um, I was in a place that I was not allowed to live. So I still was kind of enslaved, but my situation was, compared to other places, was more humane and actually was even able to make some money as well afterwards. Yeah. Wow. So how did you get out? Like, what happens next? Well, one of the bodyguards shared the good news of God's love with me. And when my grandpa had a heart attack, we went to Jerusalem to pray at the William Wall. And I knew that I don't deserve any answers or any grace or mercy, but God answered the prayer so that would trigger me that I wanna leave. And in most cases you would never leave this kind of situation alive unless you have been rescued or you dead. By by the grace of God, almost two years later they set me free and I was allowed to go home. And I thought I would build a new life. But another bodyguard who was like a brother to me, he cheated me out of all of my possessions. And my trustworthy aunt who I was sending the money, she stole and spent all my money. So I actually uh, end up at level zero again. And um, I turned to what was familiar and I became the right hand of the number one drug dealer in my city. And um, I had an unlimited amount of drugs, money, and influence. But there was like no safety for me. So I had to get away. Or I'll be dead or overdose or possibly end up in jail or being, even like being murdered. So I didn't know what to do. So second time, I sold myself again into sex trade. Why would that's all I knew. And my body was the commodity and the opportunity to get out from the situation that I would be there anyway. So this time I was trafficked to Canada and I ended up on drugs and alcohol again. But here in Canada, like when um, <laughs> I was over 20 years old, when somebody for the first time told me that I have human rights. And I was like, what is that? And actually, when I knew like more about how law enforcement work and how this country operates, I actually saw the opportunity to start a new life. So I escaped and I lived in shelter and I learned English from level zero. And then I applied to and graduated from cosmetology school I finished my first year and got my license and I was working as a hairstylist for the last 12 years and then for 3 years um like 2 years I was um um the hairstylist like hair salon owner but then in 2011 I gave my life to Christ and I published um a book called Miraculous and it's my journey from hell to heaven and I wrote this book to share the good news of God lo- God's love and what Christ did in my life, and to create awareness about the reality
0: of human sex trafficking. And can we can we pause? Yes. You said yes. so many terrifying and good things all in that. Um, so I really just want to call mm-hmm. out some things to my audience. What I think I heard you say once you you got free from the first round in Israel. And the choice was, and, and they, they robbed you. They took all your possessions. So now your choice is either use or prostitute. Those were literally right. your only choices. Oh, die. Or die. Roll over and die. <laughs> yes. So then you come to Canada, and at 20 years old, it's the first time anybody tells you about human rights, that you're entitled to them. <sighs> wow. Like, just... I just had to process that for a minute. Correct. I just want to
1: point it out now, like I have three kids and I do believe they're learning about human rights at JK and the fact that I'm teaching them as well. So they already, even in the young age, they know they they can set the boundaries. They know that about the body being sacred. They know Um, they know all those things that was foreign to me in like past 20.
0: So you, you're go to Canada. Are you in Canada now? Yes. Okay. Awesome. Well, congratulations. Like to learn the language, to adapt to a new culture, to learn a new trade. And now you're telling me that you're also going to a, a coaching school, right? Is that, is that right? Absolutely, that that's how God totally uh,
1: rewrote my life. Because right before COVID, I I heard him saying this is not the job you should be doing, and it took me a year to listen to that. And when I closed my business because of my family situation, um, I actually that's when the book was published, and very interesting that I start speaking, sharing my story, and like I said, told you, Bobby, in the beginning when I share my story, everybody cry with despair, but I want to show people hope. So I actually hired the speaking coach and we work on this story. So the way I'm presenting to you guys now, so you can ask me question and dig deep into it and see actually good and bad rather than just the despair. So Afterwards, like COVID hit and I was selling my book online and I was totally 100% with my kids, which is like, wouldn't be possible if I still have my salon. So that's totally blessing in this kind of way, because salon would not survive three years without customers. <laughs> so, and it's very interesting that um later on when I already have my signature tag and I got my podcast over COVID, and then just people start saying, you know what, you need something more, and I realized that's how God speaks to me too, after 20 people say you should go into life coaching, (laughs) and I said, okay, and um, right now I'm working on my certification since last September, and I'm going to be done actually in um, um, November next year, and it's been amazing. It's, it's such a perfect, uh, like puzzle piece that was missing because after I share my book, I share my story or somebody see me presenting, they want to know more or work with me or, or even like asking me all this question. How, how did you do it? So I actually create the workshop. So this is like totally like. Other side of my life that I did not expect that it's gonna come out from this mess and discord and and this I don't know like troubles of life. Now on this side, God lead me to share this with others and help this to others. But on another hand, it just freed me. Like you have no idea how bad that burden of the silence and those lies. And how, like, Bobby, you said in the beginning, shame and guilt and condemnation. That's the lies that I believe for almost 20 years. That pain that this is my fault somehow and all this stuff. So I want to, guys, you hear this. You don't have to write book or be a, like on podcast, on TV. You know, you can start speaking this out. You know, tell it to your friends. If you still need help. There's so many amazing organizations. I work with so many, like I'll interview so many amazing people who help people like me. And if you're still struggling, if you're still in pain, like just Google, oh my goodness, just Google um, help uh, survivors of uh, domestic violence or human trafficking or drug addiction. Like there's all these resources to your fingertips. Do not believe for one second that you're alone that you're unloved or unworthy of be healed and to be loved and to have hope so no matter what just reach out you need to speak this out
0: so that's for the survivors let's let's hope um, and wish that there's people out there in the situation that could hear you right now, and they're in one of those spots where you have to make the choice. Like your choice was between drugs or sex trafficking. Like, what can you tell them if if they could hear you right now? Is there anything that you can say to the girls that, and and maybe males too? I don't know uh, much, but I imagine it it it's both. But what would you say to them if they if if you knew they could hear you right now? It's very
1: scary because it's a fear of unknown and a fear of not being worthy of the good life and a healthy life. So I would say if you want to get out, you just have to do it afraid. You just have to take that action of making that happen. Not perfect action. If you don't know where to go, Search there's like um anonymous hotlines that you can call you can go to police. it can literally find a way you will find a way if you want to get out, you will find a way. If you have a friend that you can be honest and open with, share with that person, ask that person to help you. You know you think you need an army of people there's one person who can literally Save your life. That's what happened to me. One person stood by me, no matter what, and and changed my life and helped me this transition. One person. Mm. So, do it. Afraid? Just do it. If you have to run away, run away. If you have to go to shelter, go to the shelter. Sometimes I know sometimes it's hard. Sometimes you have a baby with traffickers. Sometimes like you're involved in this domestic discord that you're afraid. Take the child with you. Go and ask for help. This is what I believe in whatever country you are. You know, if that one person doesn't help you, go again. Go to another person. Go to another organization. And like, honestly, if you need help, there's so many amazing organizations right now working about human trafficking domestic um abuse like anything that you need you just have to do it afraid and you know what in the craziest part like just have hope because i do believe if you have desire to change it will happen god will like even if you don't know about god he will open the door he will bring the right people but you have to want it and you have to take action because the fear kind of fear and guilt and shame and condemnation make us feel paralyzed, you need to take that first step, and yeah, that's my my call to you, like if you're still there, if you're still on drugs, like or still suffering, just take action that first step, that scary, difficult first step, and just move.
0: Wow, wow, thank you, Lena um that's powerful advice do it scared it only takes one person take action Uh, and do you know what it's not gonna be easy
1: the road the road where I am right now it's been 20 years the road to healing is hard and long but it's so worth it and you know what 10 years after I get out from human trafficking it make me feel sick to the point of like I want to throw up how scared I was for my life where I was and then it was gone and then it was gone so those 10 years although I was afraid I still managed finish my school get my driver license um, meet my husband have my babies go through my postpartum clean I didn't use no drugs no medication I wanted to like get through it you know um so honestly it's gonna take some time but looking back would I like not to have that fear and be stuck where I was stuck heck no I would do anything to to go through this again so I would have a life the way I have right now my my health my mental and physical health and emotional and the marriage and and have my three beautiful, healthy children, not without the problems. Okay, guys, don't think like <laughs> your marriage is going to be wonderful and your kids going to be angels. No, I'm saying that everything that and actually it's funny, though, everything that I went through prepared me to deal with my marriage and my children and and give me that base that even my daughter says to me. Not everybody is so assertive. Not everybody can make decisions like this. And you know what? I've learned that because I had no choice. Right. You know, so all those like skills that I learned through like that survivor mode I'm using right now. And it's built me in this human being, in this woman who like stand, oh my gosh, I like have goosebumps all over my body. So I never thought I gonna get there but like probably two years ago when like my mind was clear my body was healthy and I was looking back and already start this journey I'm thinking god I'm so grateful I'm grateful and I'm grateful for everything for the floss for discord for pain for for grief for everything because guess what now I can help someone and literally like you can tell me anything from drugs abuse, like sex, pain, like everything, I have no judgment. I have, like, literally, I can just say, like, okay, what else? What else? How can I help you? I know that. I know this. So, like, that's why God like really equipped me for this job. What else you can bring me to? Uh. Because like I want people to understand when you come to me and you say. Well, I cannot be forgiven because I cannot be loved because of I cannot have a healthy relationship because of or like I cannot quit because of I'm like, I've been there and i done that. And yes, you can. And yes, you will. And yes, you were there. And yes, it's possible. So that's what I want to convey. I want people to love themselves and love their life like broken, dark, messy To the point to take that action. Because guess what? Only when we give up
0: or we take our own life, you cannot do that. Yeah. Wow. You're very powerful. Very powerful message there. Lena, is there anything else that you want to share before we wrap up today? Well, I would like to say.
1: You know, lots of stuff like I would like to people know about the human trafficking, how to recognize and in if you like to know more, just go to on my website and I actually have so many resources because that's what was my desire to be the link between um like organizations that already doing this work on the ground. And people. So if you go to a resource page, there's so many like addicts to athletes, there nurses against human trafficking, there lawyers and, and undercover detectives, like uh, uh, all the resources. So whatever like you you need is, you can find it there. So and it's um www.linasibula.ca. And actually, there is so much more. There's my podcast and a little bit of my story. So, whatever you want to know about me, it's there. But um, um, another thing that I partner up with the organizations that fight against human trafficking and um, another organization called Zonta International. I'm actually a new member since um, this February, but they invite me to speak like right before COVID. And it was actually my last speaking engagement. And I'm like, oh my gosh, they, they making, um, they slogan they want to make better world for women and girls. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I want to be partner up with you guys. But COVID kind of like distract me a bit. Um, and then I just got invited in February and, and I signed up. So, I love this organization. You can check out about that too because it's international. It's different ways to partner up. That's what I would like to, like if you think you can help, like there's so many things that you can do. And it's not only like donate the money or do fundraising. You can volunteer or you can advocate. You can buy the products and companies that permit human trafficking. You can help survivors And the most importantly, you can stay informed because honestly, if you know the science, you can save someone's life. And here's the thing, regardless of your journey, you are not alone. And I want you to take that away. You are significant and your life is valuable. And I know it's possible to be successful despite the trauma and all the difficulties of life. And if you don't mind, Like, uh, I love to finish with this quote that I really like. Please. (laughs) And um, it's um, by Marianne Williamson. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. And as we let our own light shine, we give other people permission to do the same. And my light shines bright these days. Now it's time for you to shine yours upon the
0: world too. Ah, oh, that's beautiful. And I'm in complete agreement. I love it. And I appreciate that you shined your light with us today. Thank you so much, Lena, And we'll make sure that your web is Um, in the show notes, people can have it nice and easy. Um, Thank you for joining me today. This has been very, very informative. um, And just kudos to you for overcoming it all and and taking it and turning it into um, a beautiful, meaningful life.
1: Thank you so much. I really appreciate you. And I just want to i don't know i keep thinking about this like the way i'm talking about the communism and and all that stuff i don't want you to guys think it's anything political this is just my opinion my life my story i don't want you to miss the point of like all of this conversation because you're gonna hang up how bad communism was or whatever it's like you know what i mean and uh um, that's what I just keep thinking, like you know, because sometimes I think, Oh, I shouldn't speak about this, but I want to speak about this, so I want it. Like, if you pick up something interesting or something like you not agree with, it's okay, you know, just don't get like angry, upset, or try to like make it right or anything. This is like when I'm sharing my story, I just sharing my story. For you to see hope in my story, like it's nothing political. <laughs> I'm not picking sides or anything like that. So that's I just want to mention that because it's gonna bother me and thinking like, the, like I don't know, I I don't know. I that, that's too. the point. <laughs>
0: I think that our conversation was very fair. I think okay. that we talked about the pros and the cons and I didn't take it as political as all, at all. And hopefully I don't see how the audience could either. So, but mm-hmm. thank you for acknowledging it. No, you know what? Because I had
1: so many conversations with my husband who is like been born and raised in Canada and he knows everything from books and the way he sees and I see like completely different. So sometimes we get into this Really like heated conversation because yes, you can see pros and cons. So I don't want like you guys to be stuck on the pros and cons and just take it this as observer and go ahead like and just enjoy this conversation, share this podcast and you know, talk about this with people and just find really good information to help you to actually go forward with love, hope and peace rather than with whatever that I said that might trigger you about <laughs> the communism. <laughs>
0: oh, that's very fair. Well thanks again, Miss Lena. Thank you so much, Bobby, for having me. It was really good.